Good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this Hacking the Red Circle conversation, where we talk to people in the TEDx world you'll want to know better. The show is designed to learn what it takes to produce, organize, promote, and create a world-class event. If you're an experienced organizer, you'll get some great tips. Veteran organizers share lessons they've learned so that first-timers can avoid common missteps. There are hundreds of amazing people in the TEDx universe, and we talk to a lot of them. If this is your first time to the show, welcome. We produce Hacking the Red Circle every week. You'll want to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Now, on with the show. Well, welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm uh, thrilled. I've been trying to get this guy on our show forever. Uh, Paul Rispens from TEDx Amsterdam. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Mark. I'm glad I can be uh, with you now. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, doing this, uh, this uh, geo travel every week where I'm getting to go someplace new in the world is uh, pretty spectacular. Um, now, uh, you were at TED Fest last year, right? In 2017, I was there, and we actually met That's there. Right. That's, yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, it's such a great event, and they're not going to have it in uh, 19. They're going to do a summit uh, in Scotland. So hopefully we'll see you again in, in July of 19 at the summit. Oh, that's nice, because Scotland for me is, well, say, close by. You can almost swim, right? I well, yeah. <laughs> the canal swim or the channel swim, I should say, that's doable. Not for me, but that's like fifty kilometers or something. But uh, to swim to Scotland, uh, that would take a while. And, that would uh, take a while. I'm not going to do that. No. <laughs> we have a friend who's walking, uh, doing like a walking tour of Scotland for the next two months. Oh, it's great! Just yeah. left, so uh, we're excited about that. So it's worth. One of the things on our bucket list uh, to do something like that in Scotland and uh, taste some nice whiskey somewhere. <laughs> there you go. There so, we go. So I was reading up a little bit, and you know, TEDx Amsterdam is one of the the shows when I talk to organizers about a show that they would like to visit. Um, were mm-hmm. I to, able to magically transport them, they, they said they'd love to go to Amsterdam, and. Yeah. You've been there since 2009, so basically as long as TEDx has been around, uh, that's you correct. have, right? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Uh, Jim Stoltz, he started it all. He's uh, our founder, and uh, that was in 2009, and uh, Jim and I have a, uh, have a past uh, before that, and uh, sure. he called me somewhere in spring 2009. I can't remember that very well, and he asked... Uh, I'm going to do something new. It's called TEDx Amsterdam. Are you in? That was actually literally what he said. Really? And, uh, I knew TED, but not good enough. And TEDx was at that time very new, just introduced. And I said, I'm in. Uh, let's do that. And he called two other persons and they formed the board uh, of the TEDx Amsterdam Foundation. And uh, they were together. We were together until 2017 and um so yeah i'm there from the beginning what happened in 2017 well jim started a new company 
Uh, it's called agency, and it's not an agency. Uh, actually, it is an agency, but it's spelled like AI agency. I agency. He's doing uh, a a company in in artificial intelligence, and that uh, took all of his time. Still, it takes like all of his time. And Marianne Spear, the other board member uh, from the beginning, uh, she is with TEDx Amsterdam Women, and she decided to focus on that. So that left Monique van Dusseldorp, our curator, and me uh, in the board. And we did that in 2017. And now we have me, Dries, from uh, Amsterdam, who is joining us in the board. Just now we have three people again in the board. And how big is your, your core team? The core team, the moment is about, I think, 30 people. 30? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, just a partner team is already six and uh, communications is about, I think, 12 at the moment. Program team is about five. Uh, experience team is about four. Uh, well, and so on and so on. I guess 30 is on the low side. Yeah. It adds up pretty quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. How much time do you estimate you spend working on the event during the year? Uh, I think it's an average of two days a week. Full time? Those two days are full time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and, and do you do that all year long or do you take a break after your show? We do take a break. I do take a break. We all do. Uh, so you can say that after the event, which is always uh, somewhere uh, in the last week of November, uh, we take a break for probably a month, let's say December, and then we start up for, uh, for the next show. And if you were to hazard a guess, what is it you think about TEDx Amsterdam that is so appealing to other organizers that they want to come in and visit? Um, that's a good question because I have asked myself that uh, several times. Um, one of the things, of course, is the combination of TED, say TEDx, and Amsterdam. Uh, for instance, speakers coming to Amsterdam from abroad always book extra days in the hotel sure. to, to visit the city or the country, but usually the city. Um, so that's one thing. And uh, the other thing is, um, I guess we did a couple of, um, let's say, a couple of extras in our shows the past years that gained attention, were copied, uh, were taken over. Actually, some of the things were taken over by TED conferences themselves. Oh, what were those? Um, well, one of the things was um, we had a company, a creative company from Amsterdam, which was We Are Pi. And We Are Pi did um, two of the intro movies. I guess it was in 2011 and 12. And they were asked by Ted to do the intro movie for the TEDx Summit in Doha, Qatar. And um, so that's one. Um, Ted, uh, yeah, well, that, that's actually a good example. They actually uh, uh, lent our production company for the TEDx Summit in, uh, in Qatar. Um, 
and a couple of speakers, but that's not that's usual. A lot of TEDxes have speakers uh, seen on TED or on TED Global. When uh, you speak about the movies, are they um, are these ones that you commission specifically for your event? Yeah, if you mean that we let them, they make these creative companies especially make these movies for us. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So, so I know Sydney does that, um, and they they have a competition. They have a whole crew that manages okay. that. Yeah. Um, and you, if you're interested in listening, you can listen to the show I posted with Fenella. Uh, she talks at length about that. And okay, then cool. this TED uh, just um, this year, the 2018 Age of Amazement, they commissioned. Uh, 12 filmmakers to do a short film at the beginning of each session. So do okay. you think that's a logical outgrowth of, of what you started there in Amsterdam? Well, I don't know because we are not pretending we're the only one with these ideas. Um, and I don't know a lot of people from, I don't know anyone actually from, uh, from TEDx Sydney, but um, it's it's possible, but I don't know. I don't know if there's this uh, this connection. And what we don't do is uh, a competition um, amongst creative companies to be the one for this year. We yeah. ask one, and um, and uh, this year actually it will be we are pie again uh, because we're celebrating uh, uh, in 2018 our 10th edition. So we want to mix a little of the best things we have had. And the things we uh, uh, we didn't have and wanted to do better, and we acquire was one of the best creative companies we've had, and uh, they were very challenged to make something big for us uh, this year. How many people will be at the event, the celebration event? Um, well, the maximum capacity of the venue is like an eight hundred and fifty, and that's it. It will be. Packed, Mark. It will be packed. <laughs> and Actually, already people asking right now, are the tickets available? Can we come? And it's all kinds of people, but also from the TEDx community. Like TEDx Portland wants to come with 16 people. No kidding. They, no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And tell me about... Um, one of the things that's happened now that, you know, that we're going into 10 years of doing this, um, what's the TEDx organizer community like in and around your area? Um, there are lots of connections in the Netherlands between TEDx's. We have good connections, if that's what you mean, Mark. Yes, um, yes. Uh, we have good connections with TEDx Haarlem. Haarlem is a city very near Amsterdam. Um, and um, we have good connections with uh, 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 TEDx... I'm oh, just waving to my wife. <laughs> um, TEDx Delft has... A, we have a good connection uh, with TEDx Utrecht, etc. So um, we're a small country. I mean, we're like the size of New York. So... Um, you know, uh, we know each other. Uh, we work together, not a lot, but in sharing experiences, uh, we do. So, um, yeah, I can say it's um, 
it's a nice community and um, we do some things together. Yeah. Have you done a workshop yet? What kind of workshop do you mean? So they, there's this trend now to do workshops uh, in, a, in conjunction with your event because lots of TEDx organizers will arrive. Oh, yeah, we did that a couple of years already. Um, we started that, I think, in 2011. And that's, for instance, that's why we have a good connection with TEDx Delft because we asked the then license holder of TEDx Delft, it's Rob, Rob Spakenbrink, and he... Uh, what he did, we asked him to organize our um, TEDx workshop. And usually we did the workshop on the day after the event. So at first, you're all going to see the event. And then after that, we have a nice day, had a nice day of TEDx just being together, talking about first, talking an hour about the event and what they saw, et cetera, et cetera. And then sharing experiences, uh, getting to know each other better, et cetera, et cetera. It usually ended in a canal trip and a nice dinner. Oh, great. Great. Yeah. I love that. Uh, especially the canal trip. Uh, I've loved <laughs> each of my, my visits to Amsterdam. What, what, what is it that, you know, I, I, this is maybe more of the experience team, but what is it that they do to make your event unique? Um, I don't know if I can say... It's unique, but what we are trying to do is as inside the hall versus outside the hall, but inside the venue is to make it a day from coming in until leaving uh, to be one big experience of enjoying, being surprised, uh, have all kinds of emotions, um, so we try to um, balance and interact what's in the venue, in the hall, in the main hall, and outside the hall. And we also try to, it doesn't work out always, but we also try to involve all of our partners in that experience, in trying to um, connect Actually, that's 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 what we what we're trying to do. If that's unique, Mark, I don't know. But um, um, what I find, uh, what I hear from guests is that they uh, think they are like sucked in the venue and then have this kind of bubble experience, and at the end walk out and then, bloop, okay, now we're back on the streets. Oh. But this was. <laughs> This is what we are trying to achieve. Sounds like you're doing that. Uh, we, you, <laughs> give me an example of something that you work hard on that gets interpreted by the audience as a surprise. So when you said you want them to come in and from beginning to end, you know, it's a day of, uh, of enjoying things and of being surprised. So what's yeah. an example of that? Well, one of the great examples I remember because I joined it a little is the end show. I think it was uh, three years ago where we had a, a sponsor, which is actually an energy company in the Netherlands. And we had a, uh, a, a creative team then that did something with light and... Um, 
it was a uh, uh, where we participated, this, where, where the audience participated in the closing ceremony of TEDx Amsterdam. And um, actually, it was the, the the year where the theme was big questions. And what we did was um, there were like light bulbs that could be lighted up by holding them in your hand. So oh. they were holding them in your hand, they lighted up. And the entire audience made a question mark form with these lights. It was uh, videotaped from above. Uh, so that resulted in awesome pictures and in well, in a nice video where the light bulbs uh, were turned on and were turned off. And you see this when you play that slowly, you see this light flowing wow. over the audience. Wow. So uh, interact with the audience. We did that a couple of times in several ways. And um, that's, yeah, that, that was really awesome. Can I give another example, Mark? Please, please. Okay. Um, the other one, which I remember was fantastic, was um, actually the venue is the City Theatre of Amsterdam. So usually they do plays over there. Um, but um, that means that the stage is big. And uh, what we did, it was, uh, I think, a year or two ago, is do things in uh, mirror-like. So what we did was people were led into the venue, but all led on stage. So we started TEDx Amsterdam uh, behind curtains and all our guests, like 800, were on stage. And in the theater, where you only have seatings, uh, seats, um, there were 10 of our, I think 10, 10 of our speakers. And so we had 10 people in the wow. theater wow. and 800 on stage. Then we opened curtains and we had this interaction of speakers speaking from outside of the, from, from in the hall to the audience. The audience was on stage. That was awesome. Wow. I, I love that swapping <laughs> roles. Oh my gosh. So, so when you have that kind of idea, is that um, something that, I'm thinking with 30 people in a room, is that something the experience team comes up with or is it something that, you know, one or two people say, gee, wouldn't it be great if we could do this and then they bring the idea to the team? Well, usually these kind of ideas don't come from uh, people in the core team, but from uh, creative partners we ask to, uh, to do the opening session or, or whatever. And, um, we invite them into the into the venue if they don't know the venue already, and they yeah well how does a creative mind work I don't know but um, they think of something they see the stage they see the they see the the the, uh, the hall and there it is. So I want to back up a second. You you said you have creative partners do yeah. the opening. Tell yeah. me about that. Um, what Monique usually do, Monique van Dusseldorp, our curator, usually does is she asks a director, uh, like a play director kind of uh, type, uh, type of person, to um, be the director of the entire day. 
And what we're trying to do as TEDx Amsterdam is bring you a play or bring you a show. And uh, usually, I, th I heard that in the States, so when I was last year in, in, uh, at TEDfest, um, all of them are talking about a show, being, TEDx being a show, right? Well, yeah. Uh, we, we think of it's more of a, it, it's a show, but it's, it's, it's a play where we want to um, like join, uh, join the audience. So there's a director and the director goes with the program, which Monique designed as, not as designed, but put together um, speakers, acts, et cetera, et cetera. And then the director goes, all right, um, what are we going to do? What will be the order what will be where will be the breaks what is a natural way to have a break what's a nice uh, way of starting what's a nice way of ending etc etc so um it's pointed out from second to second literally set from second to second what the day will look like um inside the hall but also uh, outside uh but inside the venue so in in foyers uh, etc so um, yeah, there is this a, 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 how do you call it a scenario a, a, a pointed out from from second to second what will uh, what will happen. You mentioned uh, outside the hall. How do you one one of the challenges in venues is that you've got a great theater, great seating, but not a lot of great space for networking or mingling or things outdoors. It's it's some, it feels, uh, I know in our theater, we have very little room and, and yeah. we'll have to take use of uh, outside. Uh, do you have a large outdoor area that you plan for or outside of the, the main hall? There is some space outside, but it's, um, like you say, it's an old theater that has uh, its charms, of course, but also uh, some, some, uh, some, 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 there's some downplay in um, there are foyers and we actually can um, have these 800 guests of ours outside the hall, inside the venue, but it's really full. I bet. And uh, usually when they are doing a play, that's no problem because they drink a cup of coffee, they go to the bathroom and go back inside, right? Um, but we want to do uh, more. And the doing more is causing the problems and because <laughs> doing more needs space and yeah. these usually taken by people. So yeah. um, it's difficult. We manage, but it's difficult. Uh, at the after party uh, or the party after that exemption, we have an after party, but that's a different thing. Um, uh, uh, like the party after that exemption is in the venue, but it's so, so, so crowded all the time. And we would love to have a place where there's more space, but ah, well, it's our eighth year in the City Theatre of Amsterdam. They are a very loyal partner, and uh, yeah, well, we take the benefits and we take the downsides, no problem. Uh, I, I love the partnership we have in TEDx Santa Barbara as well. It makes a huge difference, and it's also you re you reduce the surprises for the production team and the volunteers and, and all yeah. of that. Speaking of surprises, after all of these years, is there anything that still surprises you about TEDx? Um, yeah, um, I have had an interesting uh, conversation with, uh, with Will Davis, the, the TEDx chief, right, sure. uh, at uh, TED uh, a couple of months ago. 
And um, what I see, uh, or what I would like, is uh, there are a couple of TEDx's uh, already running 10 years, uh, and some of them nine years or eight years, but that's already long. Um, and we're, we're kind of like a level three. Um, we're level two at TEDx Amsterdam, and we would like a level three kind of thing where we would have like more, some more freedom in things than, well, we are restricted a little uh, at some rules in, 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 in the TED rule book, in the TEDx rule book, uh, we would like to deal with. Um, so, uh, and Will actually said that they are thinking about well, they don't call it level three. I did call it level three, but something like uh, more uh, development, more possibilities. For instance, um, I know TEDx, I think it's TEDx Albuquerque, TEDx ABQ, that has someone actually on the payroll for the entire year to represent, be the director uh, or general manager or, or whatever. And um, we are growing in team and in in in, in revenue, etc. etc. So we kind of could afford someone also that, that could be with us for the entire year. So we have certainty, more certainty than we have now being an all volunteer uh, organization. On the other hand, we don't want to be a professional kind of organization. I mean the the benefits of being a voluntary organization is so cool that we want to keep that you know what i mean i have yeah, sure, best, sure. best of both sides actually something like uh, something like that and it's not only that some some more uh things uh in in being more yeah, more able to do some more things with partners or more with your guests or well i don't know um so that's the discussion I had with, not, it was not a discussion, it was a nice conversation with Will about uh, some, yeah, well, what's the next step in evolution uh, uh, when it's, uh, when TED is, TEDx is, uh, is concerned? Uh, I'm sure there are uh, organizers who are listening who are in a similar situation that are, as a I result of this podcast, are going to be calling Will and say, let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's have that conversation. And, but that's one that no. you. No pressure on Will. No pressure on Will. <laughs> of course, of course. Will's a great guy. Uh, yeah. Enjoy his energy and his uh, clearly his commitment to yeah. keeping a, a level of excellence and quality, at, which yeah. has got to be a really challenging job with you know nearly four thousand TEDxes a year. That's yeah. uh, that's just staggering. What's the what's the biggest challenge for TEDx Amsterdam? Um, bring something really new every year. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was my guess. <laughs> it was an easy guess, uh, but on the other hand, um, um, you know, you, it, the thing is, if you are a TEDx organizer, as we are, we both are, and we all are, all listeners are, um, you know that organizing a TEDx every year the year itself, it's great, et cetera, et cetera. And then you have to gear up again for uh, uh, for the next year. And you think, what can we do that surprises our guests even more? And um, there are a couple of things you can do. Um, personally, I think the surprise should be on stage. 
Um, uh, there are fantastic initiatives on holding your TEDx on a special place. Mm, yes. I, like, I like the idea of doing that. And I've heard great stories about that, like in a plane and in a mine and et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's awesome. It's really awesome. Personally, I think the surprise for our audience should be on stage. Um, that's where we uh, try to bring the best surprises uh, for our audience. I, uh, I I understand that challenge, especially you know as you go into your tenth year to think about how you keep it fresh. And as a level two, are you a, a day and a half event, or are you still one day or two days? Oh, one day, yeah, just one, one day. day. And so, if you do the math on the number of speakers you have, you've you know you've had well over 120 speakers, probably. Do you get your speakers from from the region, from the Netherlands, or do you look at Greater Europe, or how does that work? Uh, we look at the world, actually. The world, and we have had speakers from uh, actually, yeah, really from all over the world, from well. From 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 Paraguay to to uh, to a couple of countries in uh, in Africa, uh, from Asia, from from uh, uh, North America, so um, and Europe, of course. Um, we had like for budget reasons last year, we did almost no speakers from abroad, uh, and uh, this year, I don't know, it's better on, on the budget, so probably we can do some extra. Um, but it's TEDx Amsterdam. And we said a couple of months ago as, as the board, um, the foundation board, we said, let's do the 10th um, more, not focused, but more more attention to being TEDx Amsterdam. We are considered from the outside world sometimes as being TEDx Holland or TEDx Netherlands, but we are TEDx Amsterdam. There are a lot of great TEDx, other TEDx's in the Netherlands. We're TEDx Amsterdam. Okay, Amsterdam is the capital city, I know. Um, but let's do some, uh, some more attention for the city of Amsterdam or the community, or the, the, the county of Amsterdam. And that's what we're going to do. Um, we don't, I don't know how, Right, uh, right. But, you know, uh, you can divide Amsterdam into certain areas and maybe we are going to do something with these areas and have this come back on the day itself. I don't know. There are lots of ideas spinning around. There always uh, are, aren't there? There always are. Um, but there will be a kind of uh, more attention for the city uh, than we did in the past nine years. What is your favorite part of doing TEDx? What, what do you think you've got your the best skill? And I know you started as the treasurer, and yeah. you know, you're now organizing. What's your What's the part that just lights you up, makes you smile? Oh, there are a couple of things that make me smile. Um, one of the, of course, one of the things is when the day is over, the day <laughs> of the event is over, and it all went well. That can make me smile. But uh, I said before in a team meeting that one of the things that make me smile also is when I walk or uh, yeah, walk by myself or with, with one or two others as the last 
uh, sweep through the venue and I see volunteers who have been working from like six in the morning to like 11 in the evening uh, still doing some cleaning or uh, showing boxes away or you know these kind of that can make me smile as well because actually then you realize that we've succeeded in motivating people to work for us one day and do everything we ask them to do and are so committed to TEDx Amsterdam or wanting to be with TEDx Amsterdam so um, uh, so eagerly, uh, I don't know if it's the right word, but um, uh, that can make me smile as well. Uh, people want to be part of TEDx Amsterdam and it counts for people in the team. Uh, it counts for guests. Like what I've said before, people asking now for tickets for TEDx Amsterdam, which is in half a year. Um, you know, yeah, that can make me smile as well. When you think about um, if you're, let's use this next <clears throat> couple of minutes to give some advice to the listener, uh, to maybe the, the veteran organizer who, and, and I'm going to guess that there were a few years into this where you just really questioned your motivation and questioned your energy level and questioned all of that. Um, it, it kind of happens to all of us. We, you know, we took two years off and, and then came back. Um, okay. What, what advice would you have for the veterans out there that are listening? Um, one of the things I've learned from the past years is that refresh your team. And uh, that sounds odd for someone being 10 years in the organization. You could say, for, well, uh, time to go. But um, we, um, uh, we refresh our team like for 50, 60% uh, every year. And it usually doesn't, we don't have to force people out or something like that. Um, people are staying, people are changing roles. Changing roles is also changing one of the roles, right? Yeah. Changing roles is one of the things that really helps. Um, we ask people every year, do you like what you have done? Do you want to do it again? Or do you want to do, did you like what you've done? Or do you want to do something else? And or it doesn't matter. And that helps doing something else, give people another role. And it can be anything. We have people started as a volunteer and ended up as being a managing director. And now we have a managing director who is somewhere else in the team and having a great time. You know, that helps do, do something else or, or if you like being on the same spot, great. Stay on the same, uh, stay on the same spot, but refreshing new blood in the team that really uh, that really helps us. Uh, I, and I, I love, I love that. Do you have a, um, I, in here I would call it a director of human resources, but someone <laughs> who, who thinks about just, just thinks about the people and recruiting people and finding people. Is that a specific role for you? Um, not exactly. So we don't have someone with that title, um, but we have the director of volunteers, yeah. and she uh, uh, and she is uh, has this huge list of people who want to volunteer for TEDx Amsterdam, and we ask them a lot. If you want to volunteer with it, we ask you a lot, and that's on purpose, of course, because um, people tell something about themselves and anything. The usual thing is age, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, gender, trauma, but also. 
what would you you ask them what would you like to do and where are you good in and um and that helps us uh, a lot in in recruiting new people so we have this list and we ask people to well to join us or for 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 an interview of course uh to uh, to join us and this head of volunteers has a great role in that because we ask her please uh give us can be me or anyone else in the team do you have like three people that can be or can fulfill um uh, this role so do we have a, a hrm uh officer no but kind of so, sounds uh, like a similar way that we've done that as well where the team leads go to the head of volunteers and said you know i need three people for this or another person for that or yeah. if someone yeah. and and you you start to identify talent you can tell right you see someone yeah. oh you and you take them aside and you how would you like to next year maybe have this, you know, opportunity? And if you ask it's them. One, it's, it's one of the perks uh, as TEDx Amsterdam we give to our volunteers is being a volunteer in TEDx Amsterdam and can add to your LinkedIn profile that you did for a couple of months or for the entire year, this for TEDx Amsterdam. And that is, is I can prove that it has worked for tens of people that they have got new jobs because of uh, having worked for TEDx Amsterdam or granted, uh, uh, not exactly jobs, but uh, people who work for themselves, uh, freelancers, that's the word, uh, have gotten uh, uh, things they could do because of having worked for TEDx Amsterdam. I love that. So it, it becomes something on their CV that yeah. helps them get work. Um, yeah. That is fantastic. Um, one of the things that uh, I'm always curious about, because there's TEDx's everywhere, is if I could magically fly you. A lot of people want to fly to Amsterdam or Sydney or to the space station to go to a TEDx. <laughs> yeah, space station. Yeah. Where, where would you like to go? Where Where would we travel together? Um, that's a good question. And do you mean by uh, which TEDx would, would we yes. attend together? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would like to like to go into Asia somewhere, like Singapore or Hong Kong. Uh, I really don't, can be Beijing. I don't know, but I've never been in Asia. Uh, uh, it it doesn't attract me at first glance, so that's why we should go. I love it. That's a that's a, enough of uh, an excuse that it prevent it presents an opportunity for an adventure. Right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I have a friend who is making an underwater, a series of underwater films right now in Singapore. He's extreme. It's his first time there and he's keeps writing me back and he loves it so much. Um, Paul, I want to finish the show with the probably the most useful bit of information, which is the hack. You know, what, it, what is the, what is one thing that you do for the show could be organization could be for the audience. It could be anything at all, but one thing you do that is free that materially changes uh, the experience, the event, the show. Um, for instance, one that I heard was um, stand out front in the morning and welcome each guest as yeah. they walk in the door. Yeah. That's something so, what we, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
that's a good question because the the, the example is something we did but um, um, in 2013 um, there was this uh, awesome experienced team who uh, thought of the following they had 10 or 12 I don't know baskets with uh, round badges in them and you could choose a couple and the badges said something about you and you could say uh, you could choose uh, uh, five or four uh, of these badges to express to others by putting them on your uh, uh, on your event uh, badge um, so others could see what you think about yourself. And um, we started, it was like a conversation starter uh, to see whether you have badges in common or not, or, well, you know, um, um, uh, people liked that uh, because they were welcomed uh, by shaking hands and then were welcomed by a nice experienced team um, that offered them well this way of uh, uh, of connecting to uh, to others. I love that. I was uh, I was at an event myself several years ago where they had these glass uh, jars. Uh, it felt like there were a hundred of them. I know there weren't. There were <laughs> probably twenty five, okay. and they were they were not big badges. They were kind of small. But they were so small, you were kind of encouraged to take more than one. <laughs> yeah. Right? That was the idea that you, you yeah, yeah. them. And they were very creative. Um, I actually took that idea just because I, I really like having a badge as a, a small little souvenir. Yeah. And last year, our badge said, who is that Ted guy and why does he talk so much? <laughs> Which I think I was saying about this round thing. It, I think you call them uh, buttons, actually. Yes. In, yes. In, uh, yeah. In the US, so uh, that's what we uh, that's what we uh, what we used. Yeah, but it's yeah, it worked. It worked. Uh, it worked really well. Paul, I really appreciate getting this chance to have an extended conversation with you. And I know um, I'm I'm thinking of five or six organizers who came up to me at TED Fest and said, Mark, we listen to every single show and we take notes. I won't embarrass you by name, but you know who you are. Um, I learned a lot. I took a whole page of notes myself. I love, um, Paul, will you do me a favor? Will you dig out um, several of the images of the light bulb uh, example yeah. that you gave us? Okay. Uh, yeah. I'd love to feature that. That sounds like that was so amazing. If there's a video clip, I'll embed that as well. And, yeah, there is. There is. I will send it to you. Yeah. I love your website. Uh, I viewed it this morning. I'll make a link to that. It's it just there's so much great information on it. And it just it, it kind of encourages you to dive in and, and explore. Actually, what you saw is glimpse of the the old... Uh, website. We're going to change the website uh, for the tenth edition entirely. Oh wow! Well, there you <laughs> go. That's that's a lot of work for several people. Paul, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me, Mark. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Hacking the Red Circle. Have an idea for a guest for the show? 
Or would you like to tell us your TEDx story? Just drop me a note in an email to mark at hackingtheredcircle.com. Please be sure to rate, write, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Makes a huge difference. And share the show with your team as we seek to grow our audience around the world. Until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for Hacking the Red Circle.